0: Hey, happy Sunday night on the Longhorn live stream on Texas football. It's uh, been a good weekend for the Longhorns uh, in a lot of phases. No games, of course, but uh, a lot of accolades and awards. Also a big recruiting week coming for the Longhorns. We'll uh, dive into all that, the portal and uh, visits and what's going on there. Seven Longhorns now into the portal, uh, but uh, also the the big weekend upcoming when practice resumes and the Longhorns have a bunch of uh, recruits coming in, possibly even some portal uh, prospects coming in as well. We'll talk about that and a lot to do. Uh, he is Bobby Burton. He is Rod Babers. Hi guys, how's your weekend?
1: Doing good, doing good. Rod and I talked a little uh, Washington earlier today. Rod nice said you broke down that Washington offense like few can, my man. Mm-hmm.
2: I appreciate that, man. I'm still, i uh, still watching some more film too. I got some uh, more nuggets that I want to throw out there, but uh, it's, uh, I can't wait for you know the matchup, man. It's actually probably. Probably, I think, the most exciting matchup for Texas this season. Even more, more exciting for me than the Bama matchup, actually, in terms of the two offenses. I think we might have an old-fashioned shootout.
0: We might. Yep, we might. Uh, and, and obviously, the team's familiar with one another from last year's Alamo Bowl. Michael Penix now gets to put the chip on his shoulder. They didn't win the Heisman Trophy. Um, you know, and that went to uh, Jaden Daniels from from LSU. So he can he can throw that up there. I thought he looked pretty smooth, by the way, in the uh, purple purple velvet oh. coat last night. And did you see that, uh, Michael Penix had all of his teammates names like inside, Classic. like in, written inside in cursive, really a cool, cool, classy move by a, yeah. a good quarterback that the Longhorns will really good quarterback the Longhorns will face uh, on January 1st. And uh, yeah, old fashioned shootout, mm-hmm. both sides, uh, better pack a lunch. Might be a long game on New Year's Eve into, or New Year's Eve into January 2nd. Uh, the, the game before it in the Rose Bowl with Michigan and Alabama might be a shorter game because of uh, all the runs, but, uh uh should be a past happy game for sure uh we'll get into it and it's gonna be a lot of fun here over the next hour plus uh we'll also keep an eye on that cowboys game which fires up here in a little bit with the eagles i'm sure a lot of you paying attention to that as well uh but guys the news today uh that came down with uh the ap all big 12 teams announced the associated press 23 um media members who cover the conference closely uh and the longhorns a lot of burnt orange flavor steve sarkeesian the Big 12's Coach of the Year, of course, wasn't voted by the coaches in the Big 12, but the AP says Sark was the best coach. He takes that home, obviously, to Vondre Sweat, the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, on the heels of his Outland Trophy Award win on, uh, on Friday night, which was, was quite, quite the scene. Uh, he's the first Longhorn to win the Outland Trophy in, in almost 50 years, since 1977, when Scott Appleton, or excuse me, when uh, Brad Shearer won it, only the fourth Longhorn all-time to win that big award. Uh, as the nation's top interior lineman offense or defense. Uh, so Tavondre, also the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, and uh, A.D. Mitchell named the the conference's Newcomer of the Year by the AP. Six honorees on the All-Big 12 First Team, Xavier Worthy, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, and Burt Auburn. Also uh, A.D. Mitchell, Kelvin Banks, Quinn Ewers, and Jonathan Brooks named the second team. Oklahoma State's Ollie Gordon was named the league's Offensive Player of the Year. So plenty of burnt orange. I think it was... Surprising to me to see Kelvin Banks as a second teamer. Rod, Kelvin Banks, second team All Big Twelve at left tackle. Uh, the, the the first team went to the kid from Houston, uh, the left mm-hmm. tackle for U of H. Yeah, so I believe I, I believe
1: in the portal, is not he? I don't think um, Patrick. The other one is the other. Okay. One, he went
2: to Colorado, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. He's yeah, uh, rebuilding that old line there. Yeah, he he's is. Try, he's trying with a with a high schooler. Hey, I do have, uh, before we go to the All Big, or finish talking about the All Big 12, I do have some recruiting news. Uh, Trey Moore, uh, the defensive end, edge prospect, uh, was on campus this weekend. He's out of UTSA. Uh, I just talked to someone who's close to that recruitment uh, about 15, 30 minutes ago. Uh, Moore met with Steve Sarkeesian this morning. Uh, they talked about it. He's being recruited right now as a buck uh, in the Texas uh, alignment uh, and defense. That's the Boundary defensive end for those people don't remember, uh, but he's being recruited there. He's got Ohio State coming in tomorrow for a home visit. Then Tuesday, he's got Alabama. And then on Saturday and actually late Friday, he flies up uh, to Ohio State for an official visit. Though, So Texas and Ohio State right now are the only two official visits he has scheduled. He's talking also to Michigan and Penn State. Uh, his dad's originally from Ohio, but that that doesn't uh, expect to be uh, too much of an issue. Another thing that somebody or some reports had, had brought up as a possible issue for Trey Moore uh, was how many hours of his would transfer uh, from UTSA to the University of Texas. And uh, I'm told that that conversation went very well uh, with the uh, Texas academic folks. Uh, so I expect I suspect uh, anything, any thought there that there was an issue uh, has been uh, Been okay. Uh, Another couple of things. uh, Jerry Hamilton uh, of on three reporting that Jarrett Gibson, uh, the young man out of uh, uh, Florida at IMG running back, has closed down. He told Jerry apparently uh, for uh, inside Texas slash on three that he has uh, shut down his recruitment uh, at this point and will sign with Texas. Uh, Jerry also reporting that Brandon Baker will be on campus this coming weekend, as well as Ryan Wingo, another person reported that earlier. Texas also, just giving you some recruiting information here, expected to host between three to four possible portal recruits next weekend, along with a host of high school kids. So only one official visitor this weekend. That was Trey Moore. Uh, But this coming weekend, there's several uh, potentially guys like Deion Burks, Juice Mm -hmm. Wells, two wide receivers, one from Purdue and one from South Carolina. And then Andrew McCuba, a safety uh, slash really more of a nickelback uh, for the Longhorns out of Clemson. Uh, all expected or thought to be coming in this weekend, potentially.
0: Yeah, and if you missed it over the weekend, uh, the the seventh Longhorn into the transfer portal with Isaiah Nayor uh, into that portal, the first real offensive player uh, to enter the portal uh, so far, but he also has really been on defense. Uh, but that's 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 interesting news. And Trey Morrod, I know you've watched him. You know, he's a kid out of Smithson Valley. Uh, and as we've talked about, Sark and the staff looking for pro- production, not projects, right? I uh, don't care what you were yep. coming out of high school. We want to see that uh, production on the field. That's a guy with uh, double digit sacks last year at UTSA who can come in and wherever he goes, Texas or wherever immediately help the pass rush.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's a natural pass rusher. You can tell, I mean, I'm sure that you give his coach a lot of credit, um, but he's got an array of pass rushing moves. You can tell that watching him. Um, He still can be a speed rusher too off the edge. He's got great BGO. I think that's probably the main trait that I'm looking for in a pass rusher. Can he get off the ball? Can you just can you threaten that? Off, especially on the edge, can you threaten that tackle with ball get off? And he certainly can. So I love that about his game too. Uh, so I yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me. Ohio State's looking at him now too, and you know Michigan because he's a natural pass rusher. I think you can put him in any situation, and that's a guy that has proven that he can he can you know get after the quarterback, especially if you got him in a predictable passing situation. Um, I'd probably like to see more film on him as a run stopper. Um, but I, you know, I I have no doubt about it that he can he can immediately impact the team as one of your top, if not your top pass rusher. He can come in as that, especially for Texas, because Texas got good edge, you guys. And Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke, you know, those guys I performed really well this year. Ethan Burke was fantastic. Um, but I don't I don't think either one of those guys are natural pass rushers. I think they're really good edge defenders, and I think they can blossom into becoming better pass rusher. They can get better pass rushing moves, work their technique and fundamentals. But some guys, they're just naturally, they just naturally get after the passer and they naturally get leverage. Uh, They naturally get low, they got good hip flexibility. Uh, Some guys just have that innate, um, and I think he is one of those guys.
0: Uh, interesting. Yeah. Colin Simmons, of course, coming in from Duncanville as well. He's a, you know, elite pass rusher at the high school he level. Yeah. Uh, Colton Vostick is also another name to watch Colton. Of course, teammate of, uh, Ethan Burks at Westlake who red shirted this year. He can be a factor in the pass rush off the edge, Bobby, what's your gut and what are you hearing on, uh, Alfred Collins? Obviously he, is he gone or is there a chance he could do the Tavondre sweat, Jordan Whittington thing and explore, but uh, maybe come back and, and develop
1: further. I was told that he's expected to m- most likely leave uh, Texas at this point, that's been, uh, the heading in that area or in that realm for the last few weeks, really in months of the season, I've heard nothing, uh, about it other than that's exactly where it's headed right now. Uh, in fact, if anything, I think it's more likely than before, uh, no. than say even two weeks ago. So I, I, I suspect he'll be going back, uh, or go be going to the pros along with Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat, all three of those guys, mm-hmm. I, I just think they're ready to go. So yeah, uh, unfortunately, long runs. that's, that's one of those, uh, somebody's asking here, what are y'all hearing about the athlete from Justin Yarbrough? What are y'all hearing about the athlete out of Magnolia uh, from uh, 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 Magnolia Hunter Andrews? He's expected, he's one of those guys that's expected in for an official visit uh, to Texas this weekend as well. Uh, so watch mm-hmm. that. Xavier Filsamy, by the way, uh, is also expected in this weekend. Although I'm told, Florida is trying to make a, light, a late push there. Of course, uh, they would. I mean, they, they're exactly ten days out from National Signing Day right now, so the uh, Gators are going to do that as well. But uh, Hunter Andrews expected in this weekend, I believe, uh, as well as Xavier me a host of others. I mentioned uh, Brandon Baker, I uh, not Jared Givers, Brandon Baker, Ryan Wingo, and a couple others as well.
0: All right. Uh, well, and we'll keep an eye. And you mentioned the receivers, and that's going to be a target. With me, mean, the Longhorns are losing. You just mentioned the guts of the defensive line. Uh, you know that means next year what? It's it's Vernon Broten and and Sadir Mitchell and and uh, these type of guys that have to really come. Uh, and in addition to other guys that are coming in here, Alex January come from Duncanville. But uh, we'll see. That's that's a lot. And the same with receiver Rod, with uh, you know, your top four pass catchers really moving on. Uh, most likely to the National Football League. Uh, and Jordan Whittington, uh, you know, out of eligibility, but also to the NFL. Uh, but that's where Burks and Juice Wells. Interesting. Anything on Matthew Golden, Bobby? Is that is that the guy that Longhorns would be interested in? Or is that maybe down the list after those that, other, other
1: two? That's definitely a possibility. I don't know. I've got to check and see if he actually went in the portal. He said he was going in the portal, but I don't know that he's actually officially in yet. If somebody in the chat has checked that, it's actually been reported that he's actually in the portal, not just saying he's going in the portal. Because mm-hmm. Texas or no school can talk, contact him until that takes place. I've had a lot of stuff going on over the weekend and have, have not been able to check that. Uh, so I, I think that would Texas be interested? I think probably Texas would be very interested, uh, to be fair. Uh, there's been some reports on that over the weekend as well. So, uh, look, the Longhorns, I think they're going to be judicious. And I, I, I said this on Friday, Aaron and Rod, they want to be really judicious in the portal. Rod, they want to be, they mm-hmm. they don't want any culture issues. They love what they've got right now and what they're building, right? They don't want to mess with it. That means they've got to make sure they're bringing in the right guys, not trying to, you know, change. I mean, it's not like they don't like the young receivers, right? It's not like they don't like the young defensive ends. It's not like they don't like the young safeties. It's, you have to figure out what all is what, right? And then go from there. Um, and so, my opinion uh, right now is that uh, they're being just very, very judicious. And that's the exact thing they expect to do.
2: Yeah. And they can afford to be right. Cause the development yes. right now is at a really high level, probably highest has been on the Texas campus in 15 years. That's why this team is so good. And I think there are certain positions that they're going to have to prioritize in a transfer portal, looking at short term solutions and then long term like solutions and long term options. And safety is one of those right now, right? You need, you need options and solutions at safety right now, and you also need them, I think, down the line. And I think that's kind of what they're looking at. Uh, Phil me we've talked about that, uh, but Makuba coming in, uh, they definitely could use a guy like that immediately who can play safety, play nickel for you, a uh, very versatile defensive back. Texas is going to need guys like that because they got a lot of safeties that have decided to hit the transfer portal, along with safeties that are leaving. Uh, who are done with their eligibility and wide receivers? the same thing. You lose a lot of guys at wide receiver, but also now guys are hitting the transfer portal at wide receiver. But I think wide receivers probably in, in terms of just depth in the transfer portal, I think it's one of those positions you can actually find a lot of quality depth, talented depth in a transfer portal at wide receiver. Texas has proven that, right? I mean, just got an AD Mitchell and what they found. I think it's one of those positions you can find depth. And that's what Bobby's talking about. Texas will be pretty patient. Now, You know, I'm sure they have their top targets they're hoping are not off the board by the time they're ready to make up their mind. And maybe that will expedite this process for Texas. But I think Texas will wait to see if other receivers that they may like even more, uh, you know, come come and get into the transfer portal, or they'll wait to see if they can vet these guys uh, thoroughly as Bobby said, because they don't want to bring in guys that are going to disrupt the culture. They did that early on. Sark did that with Isaiah Hall, might not have been the right fit. He did that bringing in some guys who were more projects than productivity just because they knew his offense like Jadil Billingsley. And I think Sark has quickly learned that those those aren't worth it. Those acquisitions aren't worth it, especially now the development is at a high level for
0: Texas. It is amazing that uh, early December, now the month of December, used to be all about bowl games, and now it's all about the portal. (laughs) It really is, and and recruiting. Uh, and, you know, who's going to pay attention to these bowl games to start next weekend? Uh, we'll see. It's all portal all the time now, uh, which is the wave of college football, except for the Final Four, maybe the New Year's Day Bowls, New Year's Six. Um, not a lot of interest in those other ones, but the portal is for sure. Any word on Malik Murphy? I mean, I know Arch Manning, we get the name all asked all the time, what's up with Arch? And the word is he's happy and wants to be at Texas. But uh, Malik Murphy seems like the one that would explore, but so far nothing on that front.
1: Nothing yet, but I think it's heading that direction. And I think Steve Sarkisian will help him wherever he wants to go if that's yeah. what ends up happening. I, look, Sark is very clear that he likes all of his quarterbacks. It's not a, a favorites game with him. Uh, Malik is a year older than Arch, has to get further down the road in, in this year if that makes sense, because next year with if Quinn indeed does come back as expected, he has to go and do that. I mean, that's yeah. just one of those things – That has to happen. Hey, guys, there's a lot of questions on this. And so I'm just going to go ahead and tackle it on on uh, right now. Kyle Vachaska. Are you guys serious? Jerry isn't a part of OTF anymore. I want to say this, guys. I I want y'all to know that I wish I could say whatever I want to say right now and explain (laughs) everything the way I want to explain it. But it's best if I just do not answer these questions. And I I want y'all to please, please respect me and others. Uh, about it and so that's all there is to it at this point point. and i really i'm you know this is a, a personal thing and, and something for me that is just uh, a very difficult situation right now so uh that's that's where i'm at and i'm going to say this too for harry orange wookie i told y'all bobby wouldn't hit the transfer portal no welcome. <laughs> so happy that y'all are still around also rod third and longhorn is great that's a podcast you have our friends uh alex yeah. for as well. so i uh, really enjoy that rod so appreciate Thank you, well you guys please that do, today. i want y'all to say please uh take me at my word i i uh it needs to remain private okay one of those
0: things that uh, write it out and uh you'll find out uh, down the road i guess would be the answer to that but appreciate the interest and obviously you're gonna have questions about those kind of things uh but we will also try to answer as many other questions so hey any on the malik murphy thing is there is there a chance he could be a part of the bowl game and then Beyond that, and then transfer in the summer, like after the yeah, spring, you know, get some more humidity, get
1: the academic work done, and then go go the summertime. I don't. I think it's going to be after the bowl. Uh, I think he needs to get spring training at the school of his choice if he decides yeah. to go. Um, Of course, Aaron. To your point, he could always wait, but I think he needs to get going. Uh, Rod, you're shaking head. Yes, yeah. And you can why?
2: Yeah, as a quarterback, I mean, you definitely got to get you know, obviously adapted, acclimated to the system you're going to be in. You got personnel there. If you're going to try to compete for a starting spot as a quarterback, yeah, you need to come in in the spring. Um, so I I, I think, you know, Malik's awesome. I, I appreciate Malik. He's one of those guys. And we've seen, you know, more and more of these players that during the transfer pool era, Prove that they really wanted to be at Texas, right? And then, and and now you got to do what's best for you and you need to try to pursue the best place where you can play, put something on film so that you can try to pursue your dreams. But, you know, guys like him and guys like Jonathan Brooks and guys like, you know, Rojo is one of those guys that had opportunities to leave and they wanted to stay. And they don't have to stay forever. Hell, Shane Buchel one of those guys. Buchelli was one of those guys, right? Bu- Buchelli had a chance to leave. He ended up leaving, doing what's best for him, pursuing his dreams. But he stayed long enough to help Texas stabilize the QB position a little bit, right, and that's what these guys are going to do. And that's what Malik did, right? He's, if he leaves great. All, I'm, you know, I'm wishing him the best, but he stayed long enough to help Texas stabilize things. And that's all you can ask from these guys. Now, Rojo stayed and helped you make it the best running back room in the country. <laughs> so you might get some, some, uh, you know, some different guys who may decide they want to stay for the long haul. But as long as these guys can, you know, give you can can contribute to the culture, and contributes you getting wins. Honestly, that's all you can hope for in a transfer of Polaro. And Malik did that. Malik, hell, man. Think about it. Buchel, the same thing. You don't reach the Big 12 title game without Bucheli in 2018. And with Malik, you know, if Malik don't win you a couple of games, you may not get to the Big 12 title game this year. Or if yep. you get there, you might have a, an extra loss on the board. and You may not make it to the college football playoff. So even though he may leave and pursue his dreams, still got to give that young man a lot of props because he stayed and helped. And I, I'm i with him finishing the mission too. He stayed and helped you kind of stabilize things. And he didn't have to do that these days. That's actually the exception and not the rule.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think by the timing, I agree with everything you just said, Rod. I mean, he, you know, the, the fourth quarter, the U of H game, the BYU game, the you know the, the games he had to come in and win K uh, State. Those are those are huge, huge games. Uh, that that you know if the Longhorns were to win a national championship this year or play for it, that guy deserves a huge amount of credit uh, for for what he did. And but yes, yeah, he has to look what's what's best for him in the future. Now by the timing, I'm pretty sure that the portal closes like in early January, right? The, the portal closes 30 days after, so January second or third. So he's gonna have to make that decision. I mean, if the Longhorns beat Washington he may have to go and he could be a part of the first game, but not the second. I don't know. This portal thing is, you know, wild for sure, but he also (laughs) needs to, I mean, because as Bobby said earlier with Matthew Golden, if he doesn't put his name in it he can't be contacted legally, we know that there's, you know, tampering happening, but same time to make the process official like Dylan Gabriel transferring to Oregon, you know, that's a, that's a good example of how I think the portal works, right? I mean, Jackson Arnold's the future of the position at, at Oklahoma. There's no doubt about that. Uh, and Dylan Gabriel can go you know, play for a, a really good coach and a really good program out at Oregon that's moving to the Big Ten. Uh, that's a good move. Same with Malik Murphy, but he can't really begin the process in full until he's in the portal, so we'll follow that. Uh, as for the receivers, Rod, give me your thoughts on uh, on uh, the receivers you've watched uh, that, that the Longhorns are maybe having. Add Andrew Makuba is a guy we saw in high school, Good, really good player at LBJ uh, here in Austin. Also, his you know his coach Jamal Fenner is the Longhorns' director of high school relations, uh, so there's a great connection there and contact. Um, you know, we, on our show in the mornings, he, we've had kin of his that are texting us saying, "Oh man, he mm-hmm. wants to come home. He wants to come home." So we'll watch Makuba. He's going to have a lot of interest because he's a really good player. But what about the receivers that 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 are Bobby just reported are coming in here this week with uh, Deion Burks and with uh, Juice Wells? Two different type of receivers of two guys that can help immediately.
2: Yeah, um, you know, start with Juice Wells. I think Juice Wells. Works in any system, <laughs> like any offensive system around the country. I do. I think his ability uh, to to make a contested catch look easy. I mean, he can turn a 50 50 ball into a 70 30 ball real quick. As a matter of fact, Texas will play probably the best contested catch receiver in the country at Romo who's going to be a first round pick. And I'm not saying that Romo Dunze and Juice Wells are very similar, but in their ability, to make contested catches down the field. Uh, that is something that it jumps off. It jumps off the film, right? It jumps off the tape. Uh, he's got really strong hands. You can see that as part of being able to make those contested catches in traffic. Uh, when he gets the ball in his hands, though, a shoulder and just an arm tackle is not going to bring him down. That's what I like about his game, too. He's an aggressive runner. Uh, runs like he's uh mad at the grass once he gets the ball in his hands. So he's a yak guy, but not yards after catch, more like yards after contact, because he'll initiate that contact. But then, like I said, he's a guy that's going to get you extra yards, uh, but he's going to do it in a different way. I think he's really good in the scramble drill, much because of – you get it in his vicinity, right? His catch radius is really good. So you don't have to always be accurate. You can see there are some plays. Spencer Rattle just throws it up there because he sees his guy and he goes and makes a great contested catch. He can do that a lot because he goes up and attacks the football. Like he, it, it, it is sometimes it, it is, uh, jarring, actually, watching him attack the football out of the, out of the air like that. He can maul somebody uh, if he needs to. Uh, and he's more of a possession guy. He's going to play on the outside, but you can probably put him in a slot if you need to. But he reminds me more of a possession guy. Uh, Deion Burke's a little different. He's a fast guy, twitchy guy. He's got, you know, precision route running ability. Uh, so not a lot of wasted movement, not a lot of wasted steps in his game. He also is a yak guy, but yards have to catch. And that's what Sark likes. Sark likes that. He's actually got a wide uh, catch radius for somebody his size He's about 5'11", 190. But he actually, you'll see him make leap. Leaping catches, you'll see him, uh, you know, kind of boss hog guys, uh trying to big body guys, even though he's a small guy for the football. Uh, he has a nice ability to stack DBs when he's going deep down the field. That makes you get on top of a defensive back, make things easier, make that deep throw easier for his quarterback. So he actually fits Sark's scheme probably – uh, probably more compatible with Sark's game than Juice Wells just because he can fit immediately as that slide guy and fill in what Xavier Worthy did a lot of targets, motion, putting him on the move. Uh, but Juice Wells, the guy that I think has probably got a higher ceiling overall, just because uh, I said he can work in any system. I don't necessarily think he's a guy that you need to have in a Sark system. Hell, man, I can see Juice Wells working down in any system around the country,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, he's in the band, too. Uh, yeah, we'll talk man. about Matthew Golden coming up, too. But uh, Sunday night, Longhorn live stream on On Texas Football, um, brought to you by the Cross Oak Group. Tell us about them, Bobby, and uh, we appreciate them for sure.
1: Yeah, every every Sunday night, uh, the On Texas Football shows brought to you by uh, the Cross Oak Group. Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in Texas, specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways Impact nearly every aspect of your business with decades of experience, ranging from the state house to the White House. Cross Oak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. We appreciate uh, their ongoing sponsorship. And uh, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, by the way, which I know a few of you in this thing are, uh, it's seven to nothing Cowboys right now, guys. Come on now. Yeah. 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 Be aware. And
0: we're fired up here in a little while, Rod and I. will be talking about that a lot tomorrow morning. I know that mm-hmm. uh, when we get to hook them up, well, on our show, the on thehornfm.com. Uh, yeah, right. uh, also, guys. Uh, so on the week that's coming, obviously the Longhorns resume practice at the end of the week. They're going to wrap up the semester and school and academics and that kind of thing. Uh, and then big weekend coming. Practice fires back up, and Sark has already indicated that the uh, the week of practice that'll start this weekend is is going to be. They're still going to you know try to develop guys, almost like a You know, they use the bye week during the during the week to get some young guys rep during the season. A lot of reps for young guys. Keep the guy younger, the older you know veteran players fresher. Uh, And the real intense practice will happen after Christmas when they get that week ahead of uh, the new year. Uh, But but it's a big week, right, for the Longhorns to, uh, you know, you know, they're getting the national conversation. Obviously, everyone's talking about Texas right now. Uh, Sark wins AP coach of the year in the Big 12 today. Uh, Tavondre Sweat with his big night on Friday night, getting the honors. Uh, this this can be a good week for the Longhorns Dad pieces. But, uh, Bobby, your thoughts on uh, on on the importance of what's coming in the next 10 days? I,
1: I just think that with you, what you look at with the portal and then finishing out the recruiting class with guys like Hunter Andrews coming in. Uh, we made, mentioned Xavier Phil to me. You also have Kobe Black uh, out of Waco Connolly announcing on Wednesday at 430 uh, at Waco Connelly High School, I believe. Uh, so you, you have this you basically have what's. Culminating a year's worth of process here, right? I mean, you're talking about um, you know twenty some odd recruits that you're trying to finalize. You're trying to get in three to five, uh, probably uh, portal guys, if not more, and it's all going to happen in the next ten days to twenty days, and then you're headed to I think to to uh, new uh, to uh, New Orleans on either the twenty sixth or twenty seventh. So these coaches and everything going around the program right now is kind of harried. Uh, To say the least, Uh, they only have one recruit on campus this weekend. That was Trey Moore. I mentioned that earlier. They expect to have, you know, a dozen or so, including a lot of commitments. Uh, And then you got to remember this, too, guys. Don't forget that I think there's 14 midterm enrollees for Texas coming in from from this high school class. So of the 22 or 23 that might sign, 14 of them, two thirds are going to be midterms. And so, you know, this happened. Nick Saban did a tremendous job of this about, uh, I'd say, seven or eight years ago. And it led, ended up leading to a national championship. He had almost two-thirds of his recruiting class be midtermers. And it gave them on such a jump getting the young guys in their secondary, in particular Rod, ready for early action on a team that needed that. And Hmm. so it's very interesting just how much is going on because once they get back from New Orleans, then they may be in Houston, right? Then school starts. So there may be a situation where there's no time off for these guys other than Christmas break, which is literally going to be like four days. (laughs) So it's, it it is a crazy time of year right now for the Longhorns and the coaches and the players and the recruits, Uh, you know, think about on Saturday, on a, a week from Wednesday. So 10 days away, everywhere across the state around the country, People are going to be signing and doing all this stuff. Think of, I mean, it used to be the fax machine. Now it's email, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's docusign and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different, but still it's it's a crazy couple of weeks coming up here. And the Longhorns, by going to the college football playoff, as Aaron mentioned, have kind of compounded that craziness.
0: Uh, it's a lot, Rod. There's a lot happening. Uh, yeah, a week from Wednesday will be National Signing Day. Uh, with the, as you said, the a lot of the hay in the barn, but still some hay to be, uh, to be, uh, you know, moved around here in the last uh, ten days or so uh, before they get to Signing Day a week from Wednesday. With the big weekend coming, uh, the Xavier Hilsomey situation is interesting. He's a McKinney kid uh, who I know has been talked about a lot here on On Texas Football. But the fact that Texas gets that that last weekend with him. They did a parent in home last week on Thursday night with Sark and Blake Gideon. Uh, But then, you know, you get the weekend and then it shuts down, right? It goes dark until Wednesday. Uh, So Texas gets the last, and I know you know that's important in recruiting, Rod. You get that last visit, that last on campus. Longhorns have that going for them uh, with with a player that's that caliber at a position of need like safety.
2: Yeah, just seems like there's a lot of momentum uh, right now but, uh, with Texas and feels to me, it could just be, you know, a lot of smoke, but it just seems like there's a lot of momentum. And yeah, you know, Texas, it's a position of need in the immediate, uh, you know, obviously, and also down the line, um, Texas is looking to rebuild that position It's one of the few positions they they've kind of just started to 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 rebuild right? Um, you know, PK, they, they're doing it. They did it with linebacker already. Look like they, they got their linebacker of the future in Anthony Hill. Uh, Colin Simmons is going to be the edge rusher that they, you know, the, that they envisioned for this program to be that impact player on the edge. D-Tackle is, and D-Tackle has been a pipeline now. I've already established that cornerback, right? Malik Muhammad and Terrence Brooks. They got their new types of corners, right? They got their new age corners out there. is a position I think they've it's like the last position that they, they're trying to recruit these impact players. And Derrick Williams is the start of that, um, but they haven't really necessarily been able to do it, overhaul it totally. And now you see this exodus of guys at safety. We explain why that is. It's probably because you got a freshman and a, a walk-on, former walk-on. Shout out to my man, Taft Daddy. Earned himself a scholarship, earned his way on the field. And those guys who were scholarship players, trust me, they, they got more opportunities than Taft Daddy and probably more opportunities than Derrick Williams, the freshman, to impress the coaches and were unable to do it so those guys don't see a path to the field. So it's, it's obviously good for them. They got the transfer portal. But now you still got to rebuild that position. They got to rebuild the depth of it. I'm actually wondering how they're going to – if those guys are not practicing with the team, and maybe they are still practicing with the team leading up, if they're not, man, you got depth issues just for practice. Like just trying to find bodies to, to practice, get practice reps. Um, so I think that's why the Phil Smith thing is so important because he fits the prototypical safety they want for the future. They want a safety that can cover like a corner. just has got feet like a corner, got hips like one. That's Derek Williams. And they'll teach him all the rest. They'll teach him how to run the alley. They'll teach him how to be a great open field tackler. One thing you cannot teach a safety how to do, no matter how athletic they are, is cover. You just can't do it. All right? They tried to do it. <laughs> Look at King Crow. King Crow got all the skills in the world. He's fast, he's long, he's ranging. You can't teach a guy how to cover, man. You can cover or you can't, all right? We can teach you leverage and fundamentals, but a guy can cover, he can cover. Derek Williams is your best coverage safety as a freshman. All right, just so you already know how that works. And I think that that's what they want. And it feels to me fits that safeties that can cover. And even the, the young guys they're bringing in uh, for the future, I think that's ideally what, it, what it's going to be. They're going to prioritize coverage skills at the safety position. And then they'll fill in the gaps there later on.
0: Yeah, get coverage. And then we can teach tackling, right? We can, we can teach the fun, tackling. fun.
2: Yes, you can't teach yeah. cover. You can no. teach that other stuff. You can't teach coverage, man.
0: Yeah, instincts and uh, ball skills and those kind of things. But yeah, coverage is the key. Uh, I'm interested, guys, in your thoughts. Big picture. I mean, we, I know we've got uh, you know days to talk about the Washington game, but uh, the big picture when the, when, when however, however this season ends for the Longhorns, we just talked about the guts of their defense. We'll need uh, guys to step in. Uh, two key guys on this defense: Jalen Ford uh, and Jay Barron. I know you have a real high opinion of Rod. Who do you see in the pipeline that can be the replacements there? Anthony Hill, obviously a linebacker, but they had a great recruiting class, Bobby, at linebacker with Jeff Choate last year, um, you know, Leona Lafau from Hawaii and Darian Gallette and guys like this. Uh, but those two positions I think will be key in the future for Texas. Those guys were such important pieces. Uh, how many big plays did Jalen Ford make, Jade Barron? Any idea or any thought on um, the, the pipeline there behind those guys?
1: And for me, I mean, you look at Leonga Lafau; he's been the guy that a lot of people have pointed to. uh, But don't forget about Maurice Blackwell and David Bendis possibly come back as well, guys. What? Um, Yeah, he could possibly even though he walked. I
2: didn't know that. I I
1: would I would sit on that right now. I don't know if it's going to happen for a fact, but it's a possibility. Right. And so the Longhorns are are waiting to see kind of what what ends up shaking out. Uh, from this situation, but uh, you mentioned, I, I don't know if I mentioned Samaj a. Burrell. That was another name. Darren Gale, yeah. Darren mentioned, uh, Leonga LaFau. They've got guys, to, to Cecilia Kana right now may end up being a linebacker as opposed to an edge. You got to wait and see uh, because they're still working. But um, I, I feel like that's one of the good things about being in a bowl or a college football playoff. And, and Rod, you can speak to this. All those young players, they get... So many more reps over the next two or three weeks. They really do because they get to work with them. they. They're they're the coaches are trying to keep the older players' legs fresh. Fresh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So the younger guys are actually getting a lot of reps. And so a Warren Roberson, a Jelani McDonald, um, you know those kind of guys. Darian Gillette for I mean that's another one name that you want to push out there. Trevor Gooseby at tackle. Uh, maybe Jaden Chapman at either tackle or guard. Those are young guys that as they get more reps will get more confidence and then can play a bigger role next year.
2: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
2: Yep, it, and, and Bobby's so right about it. I remember, you know, those bowl practices, and essentially they're just a spring. They're, the, those practices before the bowl game and a, after the season prior to the bowl, they end up working out basically like a spring practice at the end of the season. And the older guys, I remember the practice where we were all essentially having light reps and mental reps and the young guy, we were basically coaching the young guys on the field. It was almost that kind of atmosphere where we were coaching the young guys and then they got a chance to showcase those younger players in team uh and in seven on seven, that kind of stuff. So Bobby's right about that. It's just, it's definitely less Actual physical reps for the older guys, more mental reps, more light reps, and then a bunch of heavy reps for the younger guys. We're talking about, you know, uh, pads, you know, good on good for those guys. Uh, and it really, you want to see at the end of the season which one of those guys separates. They've had all season long, right? Reps of practice, scout team, going up against first team guys, all right, on that scout team. And the coaches have been watching some guys trending the right way. And these are the practices where this is almost a sneak peek for the coaches for next season. Like, Hey man, we've been waiting on this, especially when you know, all right, at this specific position, like wide receiver or like, you know, self safety or D tackle. We've got a bunch of guys leaving. You got a bunch of productivity, leaving bunch of veteran experience, leaving. And it's like, all right, well, you you're the next era parent. Do we need to go hit this transfer portal and worry about it? Or do we need to be concerned that you may not be able to fill that void that's going to be left there? So there, there's it's almost a sneak peek, if you will, sneak peek practices for the next season. It's the best way I can I describe it.
0: I love that uh, you guys teaching the young guys. That's and it's a lot of times when, you, when you're mentoring someone, it helps you. It helps you uh, yeah. kind of work on your reps and your mental game as well because you're thinking through it and you want to teach them properly. Uh, Rod Jaday Baron, any you know is it Jalen Gilbo or is there a guy you've seen that maybe could? because you, you've talked how much how important that position is in in modern football. That nickel star backer and yeah. Jaday's been such a such a quality player there. Yeah, he's been fantastic. I was actually looking at some draft
2: projection stuff for today. I don't know why we're down a rabbit hole randomly today talking about it. Uh thinking about it. But uh but that's for another time. But um I think this is I think this is part of the formula for the safety position too for Texas. Um I I think they want safeties that potentially could play nickel if need be. Um I think Derrick Williams could do it. I really do. I think he could play nickel if you needed him to transition there. I don't think it would be a a a huge like it I don't think for him it would be something that would be out of his comfort zone. All right, um, I think Xavier feels to me he's not at Texas; he's committed to Florida still. But the skill set that he has, he could play nickel for you. He can play yeah. safety. and play nickel for you. Um, go look at a couple of guys. Is it um, Johnson Rebel? Jordan Johnson Rebel, yep. Yeah. Yes, uh, the young man who I think they got a project to play nickel, but he also is a safety coming in. I just. I don't know. Maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm looking way too deep into it as a football theorist. I think that's where they're going in the future. And if you'll go look at the way that teams attack Jade Barron and attack PK's defense in the Big 12, I happen to believe nickel is probably the most important position in the Big 12 and probably the toughest to play. Go look at the lineage of nickel at Texas Hell, since Rod B was on campus and played nickel. I want to say they all have either played in the league or got a shot in the league. It basically, if you can play that position in the Big Twelve, you got to have a Sunday skill set. You can't play it well without a Sunday skill set. It's just such a the, the skills that you need are so wide ranging and expansive. You are, you got to be a dog at that position. You got to blitz. You got to play man to man on guys with a two way go in the slots. I'm gonna need you to be a forced run defender. You got to know how to take on some blocks. You got to know how to tackle in the open field, like today. Barron does a really good job of. Man, you, if you can play nickel in the Big Twelve, good chance. You you can play on Sundays. Just throw it out there, Um, and I was I, I think Texas when they see how teams are attacking PK's defense with the nickel because it doesn't travel all the time. All right, He likes to keep his nickel on the field side, on the wide side of the field. You'll see even Oklahoma State was attacking Texas by going formation in the boundary. All right, that's when they got the um, a majority of their receivers in the boundary on the short side of the field, and then that would basically turn today their their nickel into a field safety. Right, a couple of plays he was trying to defend as a field safety. You turn him into you almost put him in no man's land. I think Texas would ideally, and almost you can say they're going to a three safety defense potentially. That they at least want to experiment with it because essentially that nickel will become a field safety, and that that's how they isolate Texas safeties on the boundary side all right, because they get one-on-one with a Jaron Thompson or a Keaton Crawford over there, and they got that nickel on the field side, and he's basically, since he doesn't have work, he's playing a field safety. I'm not saying Texas is going to a three safety position, but conceptually, it is the same thing if they want that nickel to be someone who essentially who can transition from that nickel to the safety, and I think that's where they're going. Now, getting back to today, Baron, today Barron could do that. Matter of fact, Garrett Patterson mentioned that once. Like, basically hey, Jade Barron can play nickel, play safety too if he wanted to. He actually could, in my opinion, do it. The NFL, he's gonna be a nickelback. Um, but I think Jade Barron is probably the one of the most instinctive nickelbacks that Texas has had in years. Um, his instincts are just fantastic. And following that guy is gonna be tough. Texas is gonna miss him because there's a lot of plays he don't necessarily he he doesn't he doesn't make the play. But he's the one that creates the play <laughs> a lot of yeah. the times. Watching film with him, and they gonna miss that. Um, and Austin Jordan is another guy behind him. Jalen Gilbo is another guy behind him. I think it, those guys—they're—they're they're good athletes. They got to take their game to a whole another level if they want to be the starting nickel at Texas without without being a liability, right? To be an asset and strength and not a liability. They got—they got some ways to go. They can go. They can make that leap. I'm not saying they can't, but right now, I don't necessarily see it. I don't necessarily see the next nickel at Texas, and confident that they can go out there and not be a liability at
1: times. Here is right Rod. i oh, sorry, Aaron. The other guys there: Austin Jordan, right now. Yeah, Nick. Uh, potentially, Jelani McDonald, a young man. I, that's Mike. the one we got to talk about with him.
2: I've heard a Mike. lot about him. Tell me about Jelani McDonald, because I keep hearing about how just really how versatile he is, right, and,
1: and his skill set. He can play a lot of positions. He's from Waco, Waco Connelly. He's a 47, 48, 49-foot triple jumper. Played bas- also a basketball player, big-time basketball player. Uh, but he is long, very, very long. Like, if you looked at him and Derek Williams, Rod, and Aaron, and we're on the same field with them, you wouldn't really be able to tell them much apart. You know what wow. I mean? Those long, long arms, long legs, long torso, just a tall – well-proportioned guy that looks like a future NFL player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have him. Uh, Warren Roberson's a guy that they really liked coming out of the fall camp, out of Red Oak. I mean, he's just a little bit of a stem winder at corner. Anywhere anywhere in the secondary, he's one of those guys that's one of the more athletic guys in the 2023 recruiting class, uh, believe it or not. So you have those guys, and then you, you think about, you know, the possibility of an Andrew McCuba too, in the portal.
0: Yeah, uh, now that's uh, sure. a
1: nice he played nickel last two years at Clemson.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and so
1: you talk about replacing Jaday Barron. They're going to get into that category. They'll, they'll figure that out. Um, I, I think that I'm not as worried about nickel as I am this position. And I'm bringing this, this uh, super chat up from uh, Justin Yarbrough. If Alfred Collins does leave Bobby, what do you see the path going into the off season in the DL room? This is my problem. This is what I've got. I, I've had some time to, I just saw that question and it came up. What I've got is Vernon Broten, Trill Carter, Jeray Bledsoe, Sadir Mitchell, and Anthony Bryant or Aaron Bryant, excuse me. That's five, and then you're bringing in the big kid from Orlando, DeAndre Robinson. That's really really gifted, and a young Alex January out of Duncanville. So that's only seven. And to be honest, I mean, outside of Carter and Broten. There's not a lot of experience there. No. Nope. Now there's some real talent in Mitchell and Bledsoe. Bryant is more of a, 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 a like a, a plug and play kind of guy, not a not a heavy rotation guy. And then Robinson and in, in January are just really young for the SEC. So I'm more concerned about this position next year, particularly in the SEC, than I am pretty much any other position on the roster at this point.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And that's why I mentioned Alfred Collins. There are a chance he could come back, but you said uh, all signs point towards a professional step for him. Uh, Going to play in the Senior Bowl, Alfred Collins, along with Byron Murphy and uh, Tavondre Sweat, as those guys were all honored today by the Big 12. Not uh, Collins, but Murphy and, and Sweat. Uh, got Rod, I heard a stat. I was watching your podcast, that uh, the third and Longhorn, you were talking about a little bit ago with uh, DJ and all those guys. Alex but you gave a stat that just all Longhorn fans need to be thinking about that uh, Washington has thrown over a hundred deep balls. Michael Penix has thrown over a hundred balls. Yeah. I mean, and you gave this at the core Texas fans sometimes criticize Texas for throwing too many deep balls. Yeah. He's thrown 39. <laughs> is that what you said? 39 to 100 plus for Michael yeah. Penix. It's going to be bombs away in the sugar bowl. Football, <laughs> those, be those DBs better be working on the, uh, the deep ball skill, you know?
2: Yeah, and I, me, me and Bobby talked about this earlier, breaking it down. It, it, it's my number one fear factor. Listen, Texas matches up really well with Washington. I am picking Texas to beat Washington, all right? Uh, I'm not picking against Texas their first time in the college football playoff, damn it. I'm thinking Texas. But my I will, I'm i not trying to freak Texas fans out. I'm just giving you, you know, the numbers. My number one fear factor is the deep ball. I, I am, the more I watch film, the more I freak out about it. But I do think Texas is in a really good position if they could just apply pressure on Penix. Before he gets home. Remember last year, out they weren't as prolific with the deep ball, but they were still one of the better uh deep ball teams, deep ball offenses in all of college football. Texas held them. They didn't they didn't complete a lot of deep balls last year. It was actually more of the underneath passes they beat Texas with. And they ran the ball. They had a 158 rushing yards, something like that against Texas. They won't do that this year. This year they will not be able to run the ball against Texas. Nobody runs the ball against Texas, all right? The dope walker award winner couldn't run the ball against Texas. Josh Brooks was the only one, so I'll give him some props, but I do not anticipate Washington would run the ball. They're going to be one-dimensional like everybody else, but they can actually throw the rock. And the only two – the two squads, if you go look at it, um, two offenses that are – statistically in the same realm as Washington will be Oklahoma and TCU. Uh, They're top 10 passing offenses. Washington is the number one passing offense in the country. And Oklahoma, of course, that's the only loss Texas took. And then TCU gave Texas some problems um, in the passing game with their pass defense. Uh, so my my big concern is the deep ball. And I was looking at the deep ball numbers for Texas Texas is allowing opponents to complete 36% of their deep balls, which is actually right along the national average. So that's nothing to freak out about. But when you take away the backup quarterbacks out of that sample size, which I did, that number rises to 42%. Michael Penix is completing 44% of his deep passes. That's one of the highest numbers in the country. And that's what I worry about. Texas is the most sophisticated passing offense Texas is going to see. Best. Uh, wide receiving, uh, you know, core that they're going to see. I looked at the – I went rabbit-holing about Dave uh, Barron. I looked up some draft board numbers. They got all three of these guys going in the top four, four to five rounds. Doomsday, the first-round pick. They got uh, Polk as a second- or third-round guy, and they got McMillan as a fourth- or fifth-round pick, depending on what you're looking at. So they're NFL guys. They're all draft NFL-drafted guys. So it's the best wide receiving core Texas is going to face. Best quarterback they're going to face and sophisticated passing game with the deep ball, something Texas has given up. I looked it up, guys. How about this? This is a stat that, like I said, the fear factor thing. I'm not trying to freak people out. just giving you the numbers. Out of the uh, opponents that Texas played this year, so take away the three backup quarterbacks they played out of, so you got 10 games where they played a starting quarterback so far this year. In seven of those games, Texas opponents completed Forty percent or better on their twenty-plus shot of passes. That's a lot. That's a,
0: that lot. Is a lot. Yeah, uh, how about to play this? Turnovers win most games.
2: Six of them completed fifty percent or better. You don't think about that because they only they didn't do it. It wasn't a lot of shots. It was two, three here or there. It wasn't a lot. And Texas, you know, did their thing. So I'm not saying not saying you should be freaking out about it. But when you put all the sample size together and then you realize you're going up against a team that this is all they really want to do is throw a deep, you realize Texas, that's not a strength of theirs, defending the deep ball. They've actually been susceptible to it. And that's why they got to work on that in this two and three week period. It's got to be their number one issue. How do we defend the deep ball? Now they did a, a lot better defending everything when they started playing press man coverage, field and boundary. Um, They did that in the tech game and they did an Oklahoma State game more than they played. But press man all season long, and it was really good. It took away a lot of those easy completions. The issue was against Oklahoma State. Mike Gundy decided, hell, they're gonna press us. We taking them up top, and we're gonna throw it deep. And they had some success. They were three of seven on passes twenty yards or more down the field. Then that did not include the pi they had. Did not include another pass. They probably should have got a pi on early in the game that Mike Gundy was complaining about. Did not include a, a post route that was wide open. The quarterback just missed them on the plays. Some plays were there on the deep balls. So if they're there for Oklahoma State, then they'll be there for Washington. Texas got to show sure that up. If they do, they're going to be Washington, no problem. If that D-ball is working for Washington, then we if things can get real sticky in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Well, and that's uh that's when you talk to most coaches and most most statistical analysis you know explosive plays and turnovers decide most football games uh, so exactly. and if you go to the Oklahoma game the one lost Texas had turnovers and you know explosive plays and then red zone offense and defense were really the, the big problem for them uh, in that game uh, and but you know they're Tech's a Texas better team right now than they were when they played Oklahoma I believe but uh, yes. we'll see and now they have the, the extra practice time to focus on that they know it's coming and Sark and PK have been really good with extra time in these games as uh, the Longhorns now counting down the, the days to the Washington matchup. And obviously when win that, you're, you're heading to Houston to play for a national championship, and that obviously is the goal here on the Longhorn live stream. Uh, it says, Rod, don't freak out about it, but freak out about it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, don't freak out Texas
2: about do. it. Don't freak out. I'll tell you, Texas is a great team. Texas is a great team. Well, we're, I'm just looking at it from a coach's point of view. Coaches are like parents. They just worry. right? That's co- Coaches worry about everything. Coach would, be, coach would be going up against a team that won two games. And coach is like, man, it's a good team. That's like coach speak sounds the way it is. It sounds idiotic to you guys. You're like, that's a bad team. Why is coach talking about that they got a good player on the outside? They got a really good D-line. Like, no, because coaches look at everything from the worst case scenario. Like, what if their strength attacks our weakness and how does that work out? And how would we, if their strengths working really well and our weakness is being exploited. How do we fix it? And I think for Texas, interior pressure is going to be the key. You got it, but but you got the, the, you got Tavondre Sweat, right? You got the outlet. You got the best interior lineman in the country. You got the best interior D-line in the country. They haven't faced that. Third and third nationally in pressures. Oregon is fourth nationally in pressures and Oregon couldn't get to Washington. The reason they couldn't is because most of their pressure is coming on the edge. He's really good. Had been able to avoid pressure on the edge. of fact, I gave this number to Bobby earlier. It's a crazy number that if you look at Michael Penix, his one of his X Man abilities is avoiding pressure. How about this little number? Pressures converted to sacks. Only nine percent, nine point four percent of pressure on Michael Penix is converted into sacks. For Quinn Ewers, it's thirty three percent. For Jalen Milroe, it's thirty four percent. For J.J. McCarthy, it's twenty two percent. He is really good at just getting away from the pressure, stepping up in the pocket. He's got a really quick release, so he gets rid of the football really quickly. And he's more mobile than people think. Texas got to get interior pressure, though. That's the pressure he hates that all quarterbacks hate. He gets off of his spot. He throws the ball late when there's interior pressure. He's looking for windows. So he's actually sometimes off of his spot. If you want to make him look erratic, you got to get pressure right up the gut. They'll be ready for Tavandre Sweat and ready for Byron Murphy because they're a good coaching staff, right? That's the reason they're playing the ball playoff. So I would double down. Delayed pressure on the interior and second-level pressure coming on the interior. Do not let him sit back there and be able to determine pre-snap and post-snap so I'd have a different look rotating, pre-snap and post-snap, trying to make him hold on to the ball just a little bit longer while he processes. And I know – it it may sound kind of you know counter counterproductive. You gotta play some bump and run on these really good receivers. You're gonna to have to. Washington did it, Oregon State did it, Arizona State did it. It is the the way for you to disrupt timing and force him to hold on to the ball instead of getting those easy completions that he got last year against Texas in the Alamo Bowl. You take that away. Yes, they're gonna go up top on you, but that's when, hey man, you gotta hold up. Your guys gotta hold up every night and, or safety over the top. A lot of times, Arizona State, Washington State play two deep safeties when they played their corners. Press man, get a little bit of insurance policy. That's a lot mm-hmm. you can do. Texas gonna be okay, but they
1: gonna make plays, man. I'm telling you, they just good. Yeah. <laughs> and, hey, and, you know what? A they're hey, they're a top four team in the country. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're thirteen in a row and 0 for a reason. This is, I mean, Texas went and played USC, right? I mean, te- this is. And I I say this because, I I, look, I'm like the chief pessimist of the world, basically, (laughs) predicting Texas wins. I'm like, if if it's a 10-point favorite, if I'm thinking Texas wins by more than three, that's just a blowout to me.
2: I mean, based (laughs) on my
1: PTSD in in Texas football. And so I I recognize that about myself. But people, it's not like they're playing Wyoming. No. Or a team that they're drastically outmanning. I mean, this is a legitimate thirteen and zero team, and so they're going to get their shots in. Yep. The other team's going to get their shots in. You got to get yours in, you know, and yeah. yours is going to land harder, you know, yeah. and more, more often. Heavyweight I, fight, baby. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I think, uh, I think I think I think Longhorn fans uh, are remembering the last two games, Texas Tech and, and Oklahoma State, and how easy those came. And we talked about them leading up to those games, Rod and Bobby. The the styles make fights, and those are really good styles for Texas. As you're pointing out, Washington's a tough style, right? It's like, uh, you know, this is a style that Texas is going to have to deal with an NFL quarterback, three NFL receivers. Texas has a size advantage, right? The big humans. Texas is bigger than anybody they've seen this year, especially up front in the interior and on the offensive line. So Texas should be able to run the football, control the football. They don't turn it over, but then you're right. I mean, the big plays are going to be there. This This is what makes this a really fun game. That's why both games are. You know, look like there'll be fantastic matchups because the, yeah. the, the the both teams kind of resemble one another, and uh, it's going to be come down to execution, as Bobby said. Uh, this is a this is a good Washington team with a really good coach and Kalen DeBoer who's got just like Sark does a month to get ready for it. Hey, Bobby, uh, tell them about Cross Oak Group one more time as we are having a good good chat here on a Sunday night.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The Cross Oak Group sponsors each and every Sunday night live stream on Texas football. It's uh, Cross Oak is one of the leading government affairs firms in the state of Texas. Specializing in lobbying, political communications, business development, and regulatory compliance. These days, government finds ways to impact nearly every aspect of your business. With decades of experience ranging from the statehouse to the White House, Crossoak Group helps its clients hedge risk and protect and grow their bottom lines. To learn more, go to www.crossoakgroup.com. That's www.crossoakgroup.com. Special thanks to those guys for sponsoring every uh, Sunday nights on Texas football.
0: Awesome. Uh, Matthew, do we have some more uh, super chats, questions? People have for uh, Bobby, Rod, and myself. Love to take them if we've got them here as we're pushing up on an hour of our uh, Sunday night Longhorn live stream. Uh, fire away if you have your questions.
1: Uh, I've, got Rod, one right I've got one right here that needs to go for uh, from Jerry King. How many more spots are open for Texas? Texas right now at 20 commitments on the recruiting campaign. You think Kobe Black, he announces Wednesday, right? Xavier Phil still expected to make an official visit this weekend, but Florida trying to secure the deal there. So you have to wait uh, Hunter Andrews. We talked about him coming in. I could see Texas going to 23 right now. Solomon Williams, a possibility still, um, by the way, uh, according to uh, on three uh, in Jerry uh, Hamilton, uh, uh, Dominic McKinley, uh, was not in uh, was in at Texas a and m this weekend. A lot of people thought Texas might try to get him uh, try to get him in next week, but uh, I don't think that one's gonna work out. We'll see how it goes. Uh, long story short, um, I, I feel like they're gonna end up at twenty two to twenty three in the high school ranks at this point.
0: Good question. Uh, well, speaking of uh, you're in Tennessee there, Bobby, the uh, the Walter Nolan commitment, um, you know the end of the portal course from the state of Tennessee. We're talking about Longhorns looking for D-linemen. I mean, what, what's the forecast for the Walter Nolan? I mean, we talk about really, really high upside players on the portal. That guy's really talented.
1: You know what? Uh, Walter Nolan's one of those guys that may not fit the culture at Texas. Yeah, that's right. Plenty good. Mm-hmm. Plenty good. And Texas did reach out to him. I don't think Texas has reached back out to him. Okay. So keep By the that way, in mind. He was in Oregon over the weekend. That, that, when, I, when I talked about earlier about Texas is looking for a specific type of player and they don't have to stretch mm-hmm. a Jai Hall was a stretch. Yep. Jaleel Billingsley was a stretch that they, they've done that. They don't have to do that anymore, Aaron and Rod. Okay. And I think they're trying Now you're always going to miss some, so mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. No one's perfect, but they don't have, they don't feel like they have to stretch. That's, that's mm-hmm. a big one. All right. Yeah. Hey, guys, I want to ask y'all this one, Aaron, you, you get to answer this one. Prediction from Kevin Jones, 44, 45 to 45 air show with one minute left in the game. With <laughs> Auburn kick at the 48-yard line, we win 48 to 45. What say you? That'd be a 58-yard kick from Burt auburn 54? But First 58. team all
0: Big 12 today for Burt. Uh, no, I you know, th- th- that sounds a lot like that Oklahoma game from a couple of years ago, 48-45, with Kyler Murray and Sam Ellinger going uh, toe-to-toe. Uh, yep. But I think every Texas fan in America, would, and certainly on this Longhorn live stream, would take that immediately. And I think we trust Burt Auburn, Rod. I mean, uh, uh, let me let me give you a, how about Burt Auburn's year coming into the season? I mean, I think we, we, we all kind of expected that, um, you know, Devondre Sweat could have a great year, maybe not to this level that we're seeing right now. Uh, but Bert Auburn, first team All Big 12. He set a record for consecutive field goals made at Texas. I mean, he's uh he's been on some some second team All American teams. What a year for him um, with the Longhorns coming in. Specialists will be big in this game. And the Longhorns special teams have been great here late in the season.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you just said that. the entire special teams has been fantastic uh, late in the season. And I've said it forever. It you know Coach Banks has had the most consistent phase of the game since start got to campus they've consistently been one of the best special teams units in the country uh, i thought ryan sanborn had a, had a good year xavier worthy punt return one of the best punt returns in the country he keelan robinson ended the season had a great kickoff return uh, 100 plus yard kickoff return in the season uh, the special teams has been an asset for texas since Sark got here i think it's it, the group's getting better too because as the overall uh, talent on the roster gets better Special teams always gets better. And Jeff Banks is just a hell of a coach. I, I got a lot of respect for Coach Banks. I think he's one. Look at tight end. We don't talk about tight end enough. He's coaching the hell out of tight ends, too. That that group has gotten better and better. But the special teams is nothing but a – it's been an asset for Texas, nothing but a strength. But getting back to the prediction uh, that's going to be a shootout, I think it will be a shootout. Because I think for Te- – they can't stop Texas' offense, in my opinion, either. The, 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 the one – issue i guess i on the on the offensive of for texas will be brought, blocking braylon trice right that that's if they can block him then man they gonna they gonna they gonna that offense they gonna score a lot of points because that's the one issue because he actually he's projected as a first round pick as an edge rusher and he is he is a hell he's a hell of a player Here, i'll give you a little stat about braylon trice he led the nation last year with 70 pressures yeah all right. He got 68 of them this year. He had 16 pressures against Stanford. Uh, that was the second most that pro football focus has recorded by a power five defender in a single game. The second most, the most is by Trice last year when he had 18 against Washington state. He's a, he's a man amongst boys. I'm telling you, you're going to see him cause he's going to be the guy that like, Oh man, that's that's, uh, that's screaming down Quinn's neck. That's breathing down his neck. It'll be that dude. Unless Texas has a plan to stop him, but he's, He's legit, man. He's a real he's a good player. I think PK recruited him. So PK knows all about this guy and, and probably can give them a very detailed scouting report. And this is something I told Aaron about on our, on the, our morning show. And Bobby, I, you probably know about it too. Longwind fans, the other guy, Texas is going to have to worry about blocking because they have they got no film and no tape on him. His name is Zach Durfee, right? Zach Durfee. Now he he transferred to Washington. All right, from Sioux Falls last year. He's a hell of a player. He had 11 sacks and 13 and a half tackles for loss in 2021. Transferred to Washington last year. NCAA screwed him over. So he hadn't got a chance to play. But he's been cleared now for the Sugar Bowl. Brock Hewitt, who covers Washington, former quarterback there. Listen to what he said about him, guys. He says, quote, When I was out at practice, um, basically, Kalen DeBoer pulled him to the side when he was at practice. And he said, quote, this is a quote from Brock Hewitt. And then DeBoer points this guy out to me, and he's like, this guy right here, watch him. Watch him, Hewitt. He has had to play on the scout team. You can't play with the ones. He's going up against our starters, Troy Fatanu and uh, Rosengarten. Ask those guys who this dude is. Ask them and they will tell you he's one of the hardest guys to block on our team. He's just an absolute baller. Brock Huard goes on to say, this dude is going to come in here. And I'm telling you right now, as you watch that Texas game in the Sugar Bowl, you're going to watch the game and Husky fans are going to say, who is this guy they just picked up off the street? Is this some (laughs) freshman? Is this some early enrollee? I didn't think that happened until spring ball. Where did they get this guy? Brock Hewitt says he's an explosive and powerful 260-pound difference maker. He's going to be a force in the semifinal, says Hewitt. And Kayla DeBoer was hoping he would get cleared earlier, but he's been cleared right in the nick of time. His name is Zach Durfee. They are, they, I've been cyberstalking these dudes, and they excited about him. So just don't no film on him. I don't even know what number he is. I don't, they gotta, can't give him a They're number. make the roster. So just throw it. They're gonna throw him out there in pass situation. Be ready for him, him and Trice. So stay out of third and long. Stay
1: out. <laughs> Rod, oh, you're making me more worried. I'm just saying. Bookends, bookends, yeah.
0: Well, run oh. the ball. Run the ball against that group. Uh, yeah, that's what man, I would head do.
1: Of the head of the chains. Head of the chains. I had something. to Another recruiting nugget. I wanted to put down. Uh, Emory Winston, the 2025 uh, out of uh, Georgia tight end that Texas has been very high on. Says he's going to announce now, guys, on December 18th. Somebody had asked me about that in the chat. Uh, Texas, uh, Central Florida, I think one other school. Texas in really, really favorable position right now. He's out of Calhoun, Georgia, uh, by the way. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Like All right, guys. Uh, good stuff. Any other super chats from Matt that we can uh, fire up or questions uh, for the for the group here as we get you into your Sunday evening? Brought to you by Cross Oak Group. Our Sunday Longhorn live stream here on the On Texas Football channel. Uh, Rod, did you ever research how many cornerbacks Terry Joseph has developed?
2: <laughs> I, I actually I did start the. Re- I don't have it over my notes. I did start that research. I, I we'll get it. I, we've been preoccupied with breaking down games. I know, but there's a lot of people that want to know that about. Uh, Terry Joseph's you know, development as a coach and whether he can develop talent. We'll get it I know him and Blake Gideon, both of you guys are I, I think you guys have asked about Blake Gideon and whether he has proven that he can develop talent. A lot of questions about the secondary. Let's just say this. Let's hold off those questions until after the Washington game because we'll know everything we need to know. Okay. If they, if they, if they have not developed those guys and they haven't gotten better, it will be exposed in that Washington game. If they play well in their Washington game, Texas is going to beat Washington. Because that's the, Texas got a couple of weaknesses that Washington can explore that Washington can exploit. And one of them is the secondary. And if they can't do that, they're not going to, they got no chance at beating Texas. They got no
0: chance. Rod, we trust. Of course we do. That's going to wrap it on a Sunday. Great stuff, Rod Babers. Thanks to everybody who tuned in and, uh, all the Super Chats, all the conversations that will be ongoing, including tomorrow, Bobby.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Tomorrow we have uh, Blake and I are uh, hosting Coffee and Football. Bob Shipley, uh, the father mm-hmm. of Jackson and Jordan, will be joining us around 830. Please uh, have fun then. Uh, then I've got lunch with the coach. Brian Irwin and I are going to talk a little football. And then uh, tomorrow afternoon, Rod Babers and I back with Talking Ball Part 2. Uh, we talked, are actually Talking Ball we talked earlier today, Rod, about the Washington offense. You're yeah. gonna get your ch- chance to tell everybody and scare them with Zach Durfee. Uh, I guess you <laughs> guys need tomorrow night. Uh, but anyway, that's gonna <laughs> do it uh for tonight's on Texas football, Bobby Burton's on Texas football. Uh thanks to the crossover group. Aaron, I want you to say, I want to say thank you uh to stepping in and hosting. I appreciate it very much. Of Rod course. Babers and everybody out there, thank you all for coming out again tonight. Uh, and go back to your cowboys game now for those. Cowboy fans in here. Uh, for Rod, Aaron, and everybody else, thanks. Crossout Group, hook them. Hook them. Have a great night.